0: Well, take your Bible, please, and go to Hebrews chapter 11 with me, if you will. You notice one, I noticed about you, uh, this school, you got, you all have good taste, you know that? Uh, your colors uh, match my tie. This is a West Virginia tie. This is the West Virginia colors, okay? And so, uh, Maranatha has good taste, really, really is. I appreciate that. But... Um, and it's not yellow, by the way. It's yellow in West Virginia, okay? I want to say it's a, it was a great service last night. I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was quite moving, and, and uh, I thank the Lord for the honor of just being here to see all this, and trusting uh, God to put his hand upon your president and uh, God and direct him and give him wisdom as uh, he leads the school. I'm going to bring a, bring a message this morning. For I do, though, we've been quoting uh, a, a, a verse in the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And so would you all stand right now, please? I don't want anybody going to sleep on i got this long message this morning for you. <laughs> oh, I'd love to preach long. I really would. When he says, I'm going to wax eloquent and I'm going to go long. <laughs> I'm looking forward when that ever happens. <laughs> but don't get your hopes up, okay? But uh, let's all quote uh, 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, good and loud, this time. Here we go. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. A profound bubble of uh, truth that has to be embedded on your heart as you walk through this life. And I trust that when you go through these dark hours and these times of trouble, that you'll cast all that upon your Lord, okay? Well, take your Bible now where you're standing and turn to Hebrews 11. I want to read one verse to you. The message deals in the area of faith this morning, okay? Hebrews 11, verse 6. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Dear Father, may everything be laid aside. May the focus be on the word of God. May your blessed Holy Spirit apply the truth and stir the inner man of thy people, we ask in Christ's name, Amen. You may be seated. If you go throughout the Bible, you're going to find the Bible has a great deal to say about faith. Mark eleven twenty two says, "Have faith in God." Ephesians six sixteen, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. First John five four, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The Bible defines faith by saying, Hebrews 11 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In that passage, the Bible tells you faith has two things faith has hope, that means assurance, and then faith has evidence, that means strong conviction. And throughout the Bible, you find great men of God who had that kind of faith. Romans 4:20 says of Abraham, "He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what He had promised, He was able also to perform." Again, the word of God says in Hebrews 11:8-9, "And he went out not knowing whither he went." By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as an estranged country. Hebrews eleven seven By faith Noah, when he was come the years, refused because of the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to afflict, uh, 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 enjoy the affections than enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. And then the writer of the book of Hebrews climaxes this chapter by stating in Hebrews eleven thirty two through 34, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and other prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, righteousness obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the vines of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. Waxed violent in fight, turned to flight the armies of the Aedians. Here you see their lives were just dominated in the area of faith. It's so crucial, young person, you see this. For the Bible says in Romans 14, 23, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And I want to show you from this passage, biblical principles about faith, okay? And the first thing that God says in our passage, without faith it's impossible to please him. Which means you, first of all, must walk by faith as an individual. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. In every avenue of your life, you've got to walk by faith. You cannot go by sight. And as an individual, lady, hey, sir, as an individual, you're the individual. You have to be an individual whose life Is directed by faith. You know, when I got saved, I had no intention of going to college, as I told you. And I'll tell you, I'll never forget when I left, I was scared half to death. Just like some of you. Scared half to death to go to college. And by faith, God got me through four years of college and through graduate school. When I was a senior... I stepped out my faith and started Independent Baptist Church in Anderson, South Carolina. And I preached to my wife, Sharon, for 10 weeks. Just her. We'd visit all day and no one showed up. Preached to Sharon for 10 weeks. She never raised her hand once. <laughs> she never came down the aisle. And you know, we're, 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 we're voting people. And then one day, we just kept at it. And God, I was ready to leave. I mean, I was at the end of my, my, myself and I had my coat. I'm going to tell you what I did. I can do this, can kind I, of brother? Okay. I took my coat off like this. I threw my coat across my shoulder and I began to walk. And I said to my wife and to another couple I brought with me, I said, uh, who were in college with me, I said, I guess God doesn't want me to start this church. I said, well, let's go. I said, you know a place we can go and eat? He said, yeah, there's a greasy spoon not too far from here. So we're going to go to the greasy spoon. I, I'm, I, look, congregation, I have one foot like this in the, in the church, one foot in the sidewalk, one in walked two ladies who almost knocked me over that my wife and I had visited the day before. and when they almost knocked me over, I said, well, come on in, ladies. We are now ready to start our services. <laughs> and you know what? I'll never forget the first sermon I ever preached to a congregation. John three sixteen: For God so loved the world, the wonderful facts, that he gave his only begotten son the wonderful act, that whosoever believeth in him... Shall perish, but have everlasting life. The wonderful pact. I gave the invitation. No one raised. They would not raise their hand. And you know what? I thought they'd come back. And next Sunday, no one showed up. And again, I had my coat off. I brought a song there that, that, that day. And I was ready to leave again. He said, "Here comes some people." So I put my coat on. I said, Where are they, Tom? He said, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> yeah. well, I was not in a teasing mode, by the way. And so five minutes later, he said, Jerry, get your coat on. Here come some people. I said, hey, Tom, hey, quit teasing me. He said, I'm not teasing you. Look for yourself. I looked at the door. 25 people were marching to our church. These two unsaved ladies brought 25 of their friends. And that night, when I preached the word of God, eight adults came down the aisle to get saved. And I learned a very viable lesson. You go by faith. You go by faith. When I stepped up to go to evangelism in 1970, my wife and I only had $2.95 in our checking account. That's all. yes Had enough cash To get at my first meeting In Mcconnellsburg, Pennsylvania And so We went there and my wife and I Made a covenant with the Lord Before the meeting even started We'd give the entire first love offering back to God As a visible expression of our gratitude Of God calling us an evangelism By the way I only had six meetings When I started evangelism For the whole year, six meetings and so I go to McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania. I preached the word of God there. And guess what the Lord did? We had two bankers saved in that meeting. You hear me? Two bankers. We got the biggest love offering of the entire first year in that first meeting. And Sharon and I gave the entire offering back to the Lord. And guess what the Lord began to do? God began to flood me with meetings. It got so bad, congregation. I was preaching for 16 weeks in a row. My wife was singing every night, 16 weeks in a row. Our meeting started Sunday morning through Sunday morning. We drive the next meeting, start Sunday night through Sunday morning, 16 weeks of doing that. One night, I had a dream. I was so exhausted from preaching, I just fell over in the pulpit from exhaustion. Well, the same night, my wife Sharon had a dream that she was walking on the platform to sing a solo, and she had a housecoat on with just one shoe. (laughs) I told Sharon I did not mind the housecoat, but I was embarrassed about the fact of one shoe. (laughs) But all these years, look at me, all these years, God's been so good you know why the Bible declares in Hebrews ten thirty-eight 38 the just shall live by faith and that's what you've got to do but second of all look back at our text we must go by faith to see God do unusual things without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is now stop right there He is what? Now we know God's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's omniscient. He's all knowledge. He's omnipresent. He's an all seeing God. And since he's all of that, then he is able to do the impossible. The Bible says in Hebrews, there's a man of God named Joshua that was commanded by God to go and defeat a great city called Jericho. And here's what God instructed him to do. God said, march around Jericho once every day for six days. Do not say one word, but just march around Jericho. On the seventh day, march around seven times. And then give a great shout. And when you do, the walls of Jericho will fall flat. I'd say that was a very unusual war plan. Wouldn't you say that? But look at me. Don't you ever dare question what God instructs. And so they marched around Jericho once every day for six days. On the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And then they gave a great shout. And when they did, the word of God says, the walls of Jericho fell down flats. Question, what made the wall fall down? The shout, no. Hebrews 11, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were accomplished about seven days. You see, faith honors God. And God will always honor faith. And you have a decision to make. Are you going to go with doubts, hesitation, skepticism? Or are you going to go by faith? Someone wrote, doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads the take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions, who believes? Faith answers, I. In Luke seventeen five, the Bible says, Lord, increase our faith. You know the cry your heart should be right now? Lord, increase my faith. You know why? You'll never see God do the unusual things in your life until you do so. But third of all, the Word of God says, we must go by faith to anticipate visible results. Our text concludes by saying, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now a great man of God defined faith by saying, faith is to believe what we do not see. And the reward of the faith is to see what we believe. In other words, faith always anticipates visible results. You know, many years ago, uh, we had a truck. <laughs> We're putting Band-Aids on the truck to keep it going. Is was that, that bad. I'm se- serious. But you know what? We didn't tell anybody about that. Not one person. And uh, we were claiming a Bible verse uh, as a family. And we're going to a, a camp down in Tennessee. And um, on our way down there, I said, okay, cl- uh, 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 family, let's all quote Philippians 4.6. And so we all quoted Philippians 4.6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything my prayer and supplication with well, thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And I said to my family, you know, family, I'm praying that this coming fall, the Lord will give us a brand new truck. Well, my younger son, Scott, nine years of age, just a little boy, in the back seat, he said, Daddy, guess what God can do? And I, I looked at him and I said, what can God do, Scott? He said, Daddy, God can, compl- can supply a truck this week. I said, well, Scott, he could do that, but we're praying for next year. Well, we got down there at the camp to preach to a bunch of teenagers. And um, one night, they took the doors off of the place down there, pulled in a brand-new truck, four businessmen, unknown to me, saw my truck when I was in their meeting in their church. They all felt burdened. They got together. They bought us a brand new truck, presented that truck to us. There was not a dry eye in that place that night of over 900, 1,000 people. We got home that night. I'll never forget as long as I live. Never. My wife and I sat on the couch in our trailer. And my Two boys, because one was already gone in college, but to my two boys were like this. They're walking back and forth to the trailer, and they're screaming. I mean screaming. My one son, Brent, was saying this, don't tell me there's no God. Don't you, don't you tell me there's no God. And my younger son, Scott, said, "And don't tell me God does not answer prayer. Don't tell me that God does not answer prayer. I cherish that. You know why? When we keep our hands off, then God has his way and freedom to work and meet every need of our lives. And congregation, I'm telling you, on the authority of God's word, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, congregation, you have a decision to make. And that decision will reveal the extent that God ever uses your life. I pray that you'll see the significance of this message this morning in your individual life. Let's bow our heads and pray, please.